0: Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host Trip from TripAdvice.com. and if you have any questions, you can call into the podcast. Don't forget the number is 323-432-0025. I'm happy to answer your question on dating, sex, relationships, whatever it is that concerns you in that area. On today's episode, which is very special, we have an interview with the ladies from the podcast of TNA Talk Sex. One of them has T, one of them has A. That's why they so happen to call themselves TNA, uh, but their actual names are Stephanie and Christina, and they're giving us really great information on the woman's perspective on open relationships. What's an open relationship? Well, that's a relationship where you're together with somebody, but you can go out and have sex with other people. So maybe that's something that's interest to you, and and actually a lot of guys don't realize that a lot of girls are interested in that. There is a select niche of women who are interested in open relationships. So these girls are here to give us a perspective on how that works cuz they have kind of dabbled in this area and so we're going to hear from them what it's like to be in an open relationship and get that from the girl side which we have not yet to do. We've talked a little bit about open relationships and and how they work on the podcast but we haven't talked about What it looks like from the other side. And so, this is a really cool interview talking about that and getting that perspective all around in terms of how an open relationship works and what the value system is, right? So, basically, what a guy and a girl need to be doing to maintain an open relationship, and again, how that looks from the female perspective. So, gear up wherever you are, sit back and relax or don't sit back and relax because you might be driving. Unless you're driving one of those self-driving Tesla cars, well, then you can sit back and relax. But still, be careful. Anyways, my point is listen to this episode. Check out this interview. Really cool stuff coming at you right now. Hello, TNA, aka Stephanie and Christina. How are you ladies?
1: Hi. We're great. Very well.
0: It is awesome to have you on the podcast. I really like talking to uh, and just discussing cool things with people who also have a podcast. I feel like that's very rare. I I might have a just a select handful of those types of episodes on my podcast um, just because you know there's not a lot of people in our in our niche and it's just cool to connect so I'm happy to do an episode like this.
1: Oh, I'm honored. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah,
2: you're right. It is fun. I, right. I think, too, podcasting people, you know, we we share everything so openly. We're so used to <laughs> <laughs> saying anything on the air. So you yeah, know, I hope and, we can be of service to uh, how to talk to girls.
0: I know you will be, and and I think that yeah, you bring up a good point too because I feel like you guys are uh, my old podcast partner. When I had a podcast before this one called Dudes Talking About Chicks. He used to say media trained like that was his term for it media oh. trained so I guess it's <laughs> yeah. like we're, we're' we're all on this on this episode kind of media trained meaning we we can free you know speak freely and feel comfortable and we talk into microphones all day long and right. and all that good stuff so yeah. so yeah, I mean uh, why don't you I know we talked about this just a second ago uh off the podcast, but for the listeners, tell us a little bit about uh your podcast and and what it's about and and, uh, and what you guys are, are all about.
2: Yeah, so uh, we are TNA Talk Sex. We go by these pseudonyms TNA, uh, which is short for tits and ass, um, not too mince words. Uh, I'm, I am a little more buxom up top, so I am T, that's Christina. And, and, and I've, I've got a booty. Yeah. It's a good booty. It's great. It's a
1: great booty.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> I was okay with giving you that title, you know?
1: We <laughs> I mean, were both beautiful. But if you look
2: at us, I mean, um, she's grapefruits and lemons, right? So the yeah, our photo icon is grapefruits and lemons, just to (laughs) clear that up. I I thought the visual allowed people to understand better that that's the gist. But uh, but yeah, our show is us talking really candidly about um, sex, relationships, taboo topics, um, judgment-free. Uh, sometimes gender dynamics as well to just open the conversation so that we don't have fear. I mean, we just did a sexual fantasy show where we got really personal. I shared all of my sexual fantasies that are hilarious. Yeah. I shared things I'd never, ever told anyone.
1: Right. Like like not, not like the things you want to do in real life, but the the secret
2: things that you imagine in your head. Yeah. So I, so it's really, um, we're, you know, we hope to connect with our listeners in a way that allows them to express themselves more fully and also answer any, you know, little nuanced questions like, you know, coconut, coconut oil is amazing for sex, but, you know, not with condoms <laughs> because it they, they will break the condom. Uh, how many you know, times so-
0: I have Googled that last year, I, I, I it's been, it was a lot. <laughs> <I finally laughs> oh, about coconut a, oil? Yes, yes, for, for lubrication purposes. And it's funny that you bring that
2: up. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it happened twice to me. Where a condom broke. Yeah. Uh-huh. Scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't do, that. Um, don't do that. But you know, uh, A and I, or Stephanie and I, come uh, come from having you know I had an open relationship, and uh, so did I. And
1: I was also in the I did central massage in <laughs> the sex industry, and uh, so we came together and we had all these amazing insights and experiences with sexuality. We wanted to talk
2: about. Right. So the open the open relationships too. We were exploring so much, um, and I was learning and growing so much with myself and and what it meant to be in a long term relationship with someone while doing all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we started sharing books because we needed to deepen our knowledge to be better in our relationships. And um and we were just learning so much that we said, okay, let's take it to the air. I was I was already doing another podcast um, in comedy. I do stand up as well. I was saying I, I sort of tell the. The naughty version of the stories on the stage, and <laughs> then I and then I open up and get like emotional and soft on the show. Wow, <laughs> That's funny. it's two, always yeah, it's two
0: super sides fun. of you.
2: I know, I know. Oh, the miss of it.
0: the lady. I love it. That's amazing. I think what's really cool too. Is is for the guys out there listening, as they get uh, a little taste of um, a different type of female personality. You know, one that is very sexually open, comfortable with their sexuality open to talking about things and i just don't think guys uh really get to see that a lot you know especially if they have not been in a relationship you know you don't really get to to be so open sexually with women you know usually unless you're in a in a, like a committed relationship with them there's not a lot of girls who are open to talking about that i don't know what do you guys think
1: no, I think that, I think you're right on because, you know, I, they whenever we go out, whenever we're out or, I mean, I think guys are always commenting about how either our, my partner or um, partners or, <laughs> or Your sexual or, partners. Yeah. 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 So. Or, or just people we meet at parties and networking and stuff. They're like fascinated by yeah how open we are about all these things. And,
2: and articulate on it. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, yes, I think women do, struggle with as much as men do I think there's a lack of uh, acceptance and there's a fear of judgment that if you do open up about it you know you're naughty or you're bad or it's dirty or you should be embarrassed I mean all the above yeah yeah and so I think I think women can be a closed book because they also feel like there's sort of I think this setup in our society that says you know Girls are supposed to, you know, keep their legs closed and guys have to, you know, find a way to open that clam. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it's so much nicer when you can talk freely and openly about, you know, your interests and what you want and, and what turns you on.
0: Right. I'm sure it feels, there's something that feels uh, just really good about it. And uh, yeah, I, I just like that we're able to, to do that on today's episode too. And, and speaking of being open... One of you is in a, hold on, let me guess if I see how smart I am here because I'm trying to get this right. Uh, A is in an open relationship and C is trying to figure that out?
1: No, we both, this is A speaking, we both have been in open relationships.
0: You've been in open relationships, but you're not not currently in one. We're not currently, neither of
1: us are currently in relationships.
2: Right, I currently have a revolving door.
1: Okay, so
0: you're both single.
2: Right. Well, <laughs> I, okay. I feel like A is you're you've kind of like gotten a little more conservative lately, and um, I'm yeah I'm in like focused career mode at the moment. Right. So you're but. But, so you're more, but you're also I feel looking for more of a real relationship. Oh so, yeah. yeah. And I sort of have like ongoing dynamics with several people, and there's sort of a nice flow, and I cherish the interactions I have, but they are usually temporary. Mm-hmm. Where do you two
0: fall on the sexuality spectrum?
2: In oh, terms of heterosexual. Yes, oh, yes
0: heterosexual, heterosexual. Where, where? I mean, but you know, it's like a spectrum. I
1: mean, yes, yeah. I mean, I, I, I identify as heterosexual. I, which I like to play with women, um, but like more superficially. Like I, I don't think I've really, I technically had sex with a woman, but. I don't really consider it.
2: <laughs> I don't really consider it. It wasn't like something because that you were gunning for.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't like, I, I felt so like I had no idea what was going on. And, and there was you know another guy, I didn't really, I just didn't feel like it was like, I needed more time to really count that as like a full
2: experience. Right. So, so, but yeah, to play and. I feel pretty stupidly heterosexual. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting way of playing it stupidly.
2: <laughs> T gets nervous, like if we're. Like, I'm intimidated by the woman. <laughs> I, I'm, it's cute, and I'm also fascinated. I am fascinated by the male experience of a woman as well. I mean, we are, it's a force. We're, I mean, when I think about myself, actually, <laughs> but and other women, you know, I, I think it, it can be a lot. But I, 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 joke that I'll, I will go gay by like 45, 50. I don't know if that that can sometimes seem offensive to the gay community, but I feel like I have like an attraction. I've there have been two women in my past where I thought, wow, this woman's beautiful. I could go gay for her. Okay, but then I never, I, I never acted on it. I do crush on a girl on my block.
1: Meow. I know, and we, I see her all the time. when We're walking dogs, but I don't know what, what would I do with that? I don't know. I just, you know what it is. I think I'm just aware of sexual energy being present, and so, and there's yeah. probably just, just a general attraction for us to be friends anyway, and then there's a little bit of sexuality there, so whether it will blossom into anything, I have no idea. I mean, I've never, you know what I mean? I've never gone down that road, but I do feel that kind of attraction.
2: You know, I think you bring up an interesting point, A, eh? which is we talked about this on our, uh, on another show, which is sort of gradients of, of sexual attraction. And I don't know, Tripp, in your opinion, if, if men, you know, go this deep in kind of the nuance of it, but I think sometimes that can be confusing to guys, but I think women can feel like a level of attraction, but not necessarily the full... Right, throttle, or like they, you know, or there's sexual attraction but not emotional relationship attraction, and then there's there's the the other versus sexual. I mean, it's it's very layered.
0: Yeah, for guys, it's just a lot different, you know. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'll tell you this: I can, I can, and and I don't even feel embarrassed about it. I can tell you if I think a guy is a good-looking guy, you know. I can tell you if I think he's attractive or not attractive, or or you know on like a physical level doesn't mean I'm attracted to him but I can just kind of tell but it's funny because sometimes I think I have a good eye for that and then I'm like oh that guy's attractive right like you're attracted to that guy and the girl's like no not at all like that's not my type I'm like really like I feel like and that would then be...
2: does that's... she have a good reason for why not
0: not every girl's different you know she's like oh that's just not my type I don't like you know whatever it is about that guy like oh I wasn't interested in and that, or that's not my look. You know, it's funny. I and this is something a lot of guys out there who are listening should learn about is that women just they they are not all for the stereotypical Brad Pitt. Like I'm wow. telling you, they, I mean, I've okay, so if anyone's ever seen me before, I'm like a tall, lanky, skinny dude. You know, with like just enough muscles to get by, but pretty much like they're non-existent. Right? I'm just like a skinny, tall dude, and. <laughs> You know, and like,
2: are you also hairless?
0: I am somewhere in between it. No, I would. <laughs> um, I have a medium amount. Okay. You know, like the back. You know, hair. There. There's not a lot a of back long. hair, but there's chest hair. Oh yeah. Okay. You want to know? You have hair
1: in the right places.
0: I have hair in the in the, the standard. Uh, the standard hair. I mean, maybe a little bit more. I'm not like clean shaven at all on the front and the back. It kind of is. So, um, but anyway, you know, there are. I've learned there were some women who were really into that. They're like, yeah, I like guys who are just fucking skinny. Like, I want them to be really skinny. And I know other girls were like, I like them a little thicker. I want them chubby or the chubby chasers, as they huh. call them. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, so, yeah,
2: there's everything out there. Yeah, like,
0: everything. And, I, like, I'll go on a date with a girl and she's like, oh, like, you know, like, this is like, last year, this girl was like, I really like it when you wear, like, your glasses, like, your thick-rimmed glasses and... And and your hair is really long and, and puffy and out there and I'm like oh okay and then like my girlfriend before that was like wear your contacts cut your hair and I'm like oh my god
1: I'm like that's this so is crazy. crazy women are so complicated you know, I hear these we just had we were talking to someone else recently who was talking about specific preferences like this and I I just I just don't have any really yeah come on I don't I mean there it's more
2: of like a, a personality thing. Okay, like when I was in my long-term open relationship, that boyfriend, I liked it when his hair was grown out. I did like, he he kind of curled naturally, not tightly, but, you know, cute little locks of, (laughs) you know, curls. And and when he cut it, I was just like, wow, I'm like 30% less attracted to you. Wow. Yeah, it was like, you know, the curls make a difference, but he always felt this this struggle between his work environment, Actually, wanting a more true. conservative look. Uh, no,
1: yeah, for for long hair, no, I, I, for like small
2: preferences like that, but something that would make me say no to a guy. Right, I agree, I wouldn't say no, but it sounds like they didn't say no, they dated they you and then, a, and then adapted like, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's interesting, yeah, and so I always tell guys, like, listen, don't try to fit yourself into a mold, you know, no. I'd say maximize whatever you have you know and and to make your to you look as best as possible and, and just you know see what happens but
1: yes but maybe I I mean I do I am a proponent of picking a defined style that represents yourself but having showing no effort at all like in any way shape or form um Great point. Yeah, this I came know, up. It, yeah, I just, it just—it just shows me. Um, just it indicates to me whether it's true or not a laziness of personality in some
2: way, or like, or a of lack of self, or or right. like knowing who you are, and maybe right. you don't know who you are. So maybe this is so a good maybe, opportunity right. so, <laughs> to look into that. But but yeah, I love what you're saying. Like, pick. It's not about oh, I can buy the most expensive thing. Um, or it's, I'm gonna be
1: this like the Abercrombie guy or the right. It's, guy. But it
2: is saying okay, I this. These physical items sh- show are symbolic of who I am, right? Reflect in some way what my character is. And um, and that's a real turn on for me.
1: Yeah. And I think it also indicates an aesthetic sense, which is very sensual. So if yeah. you have an aesthetic sense, then it indicates also to me that there's some sensuality in you and you understand how to touch me. Uh.
0: Mm. Wait, talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I just mean that um, sensuality takes attention. And, um, and yeah, attention and intention. And, um, in the way, like when you think about touch, um, I learned this a lot through my central massage, but, um, when you're touching someone, what makes it really magical is what's behind your touch. And that's, uh, what's going through your mind when you're touching this person and a lot are you giving of, in the touch? Yeah. Or are you thinking about, oh, I want to have, I want her, I want to have this effect on her or, you know, it could be too controlled, even though the attention is there. It's too like you're gunning for a certain response or a certain something. And that's too like what I versus um, when someone touches you where they're like, like when I touch someone um, and I have a great touch. And she does. I do. I'm like her I'm hugs are pants. healing. Mm. But yeah, uh, But when I'm touching someone, I'm I'm. It's almost like my mind is, I'm tuning into their muscle, to their body, to like to what I'm feeling. And so by me experiencing being in the moment and experiencing what that feeling is, it keeps me in the moment and keeps me tuned in to them and their body and their experience versus like thinking about this or that I need or to make trying to have an
2: effect right yeah, I yeah. think I like what you're saying. Like sort of, so, It's almost like a detailed meditation. Like right, you're focused right. on this person's and so, details right, exactly. of their skin or something.
1: Or that they can be in the moment with me and like.
2: So bringing right, that back bringing to how fashion, you're what, so dressed. If you're, what does so, that have to do you your so dress? I think
1: like if I'm looking at a guy who's just in like t-shirt and jeans and sneakers and like whatever, like not not well thought out t-shirts, t-shirts, t-shirts or something that's just sort of a blob, um, then I feel like he's going to be
2: completely unaware of any of that level of things like it's just what's interesting more... is I the thing is it might not be true right like someone can not put that effort in and what I'm saying is sometimes they they live more in the body or they're more in their head and they're and so it's not a priority they haven't been taught to make it a priority um, I think especially American culture is very, like we have a lot of outdoorsy culture and, and there's a whole wardrobe with that, although that's specific. And then that says something to me. Uh, but, but yeah, so I think to not make a choice at all, yeah, just sort of, you don't, it's, it's almost like you want to stand out in some way. Like they talk about it in branding, you know, like I, to get like corporate, but it's like, if you don't choose a style, then, then who are you? How do I, how do I pick you out in a bar or, you know, whatever outdoor venue I'm at or
0: I don't know. Right. It's it is easier for girls like to and I say this in a good way, like you want to be categorized almost. You want to be categorized as something because you're like a niche product. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> so if you wanna and this would be going into the ideas like if you want to attract a certain type of girl, you should dress in that in that arena. So if you're looking into girls who are, you know, I don't know, super like suicide girls like goth and like tattoos and stuff, and that's just your thing, maybe you want to dress similar to that. Maybe you want to get a tattoo. I don't know if that's something that interests you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you want to go with what it is you're trying to attract. If you want to get that supermodel type girl, you might want to dress a little bit more GQ style. She will most likely, you know, be interested in a guy who's going to be, dressed like in that.
2: In that style. I
1: mean, I would say as long as it's authentic, you know, because if you're dressed in shit in like a GQ
2: style, but then, I mean, big, Be- well, cause it, yeah. okay, like to, I think the GQ, that's a great example in the sense of, I feel like that's very aggressively marketed to the mainstream in the sense of like, this is what's sexy. This is what sell. This is how you get a chick. And it's like, well, that's not true. <laughs> and it's like, it can get you a certain type of chick, right? Um, but it's like, right. you know, like, the, and I, I think, um, yeah, I think I think it's defining for you what you like and allowing the world to see that so that you attract a woman who also values that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The values have to be in alignment. Like I, I yeah. Well, I feel at the end like, of the so day I'm, the
0: values is the thing that's gonna that's gonna keep everything together for sure. Yeah. You know. Right. I mean, yeah, you could go for someone with a certain look and they have all the looks that you, you know, really crave in someone, but if you don't share the same values and you you know, you don't Respect the person on any level, then it's you know as a relationship that's not going to work out.
1: Right, but as a booty call, could be great. Yeah, sure.
2: well, I was going to say, I mean, I've definitely been attracted to things that were not me. Like I went through a whole phase of phase. I don't know if it's a phase, it might still resurface, but uh, <laughs> occasionally I was kind of into certain piercings that guys had, um, and that leaned towards guys that would then have tattoos and this kind of thing. And I, I wouldn't say it's definitely. I, I don't have any. I don't have any extreme tattoos. You know, piercings. Um, but I, I did find it kind of hot or I didn't eliminate because of that, you know? Uh, although I'm a pretty open book, I've dated a lot of different yeah. ethnicities. We don't really have a style. Yeah. Like a do you, type. do you, I feel like you no. have one No. Mm-hmm. you've been, you've been pretty broad. I, yeah, I, I don't, all ethnicities, different looks, different styles, the GQ guy to the, to the hipster from the thrift store. Um, Maybe because they have, like, a sensuality and an attention that they offer.
1: It's most, what's most, here's what's most important. It's what's in your eyes. It's the look you give me in your eyes. (laughs) So whatever you're dressed in, whatever, like, category you think you're in or whatever, if you're, like, you know, not all caged up when you come and say hi and we meet and you're, like, vulnerable and available yet confident and assertive, that's the sexiest
0: thing. Right, right. It's like your eyes are, they're they're almost like relaxed and they're more looking through you and into you rather than looking at you.
1: Yeah. Right. Or, yeah, or even looking inward. A lot of times people, I can see their eyes are actually not physically focused inward, but their attention is inward, self-conscious, you know, like super hyper aware of themselves because they're nervous. Right. Which and is that means they're not perceiving not good. anything.
2: Right. Not good. Right. Yeah, but what's the what's the lesson? Do you just have to practice until you feel comfortable enough? You mm-hmm. might not make a home run every time. I mean, <laughs> I've I've gotten nervous with guys too. You know? I grew up
1: this way. I was super insecure. Like, we're talking to anybody. I just I would be that way. Just super insecure and hyper aware of myself and not really present. And so then you can't yeah. really talk well, really well. This is, with, you know, guys, girls. Yeah, like anybody. it goes both ways. Girls but, yeah, get nervous. You, can, you definitely can train out of it. It's just practice doing it yeah, more. Yeah,
0: I, I think confidence comes from competence, you know. Yeah. It's, it's all about getting out there and, and uh, getting used to whatever it is that you're scared of. So whatever it is that you fear, you know, you fear it because you just don't know about it you don't know it, you know, or possibly you do know it and you've just had really bad experiences in the past.
1: Yeah, right? or fear, like for me I was afraid of judgment or afraid of failing in some way socially or afraid of not being liked or whatever.
2: Yeah, I and feel like in some ways I was I would almost be like overconfident like as and as the chick I was like I'm going to plume my feathers for you don't you want to be with me? And then I was like, you know, people make fun of me. That's like, that's what guys do. You know what I mean? Like the girl needs to just chill. Like I'd almost overcompensate. And then I'd be like, I don't know why, why isn't he into, oh, I I tried too hard. Right. Okay. Right. You you
0: weren't just being you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like that's enough. Right.
0: So you guys, you
2: you date and learn that.
0: You guys were in open relationships in the past. I want to hear more about how that went down. What, what, what was the start of that? You know, what made you interested in that? What made you comfortable with it? You know, because there's a lot of talk out there about. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I don't think most women are interested in that. I think it is a very, very select few who would want to do that. And I've talked to a lot of of women, and uh, pretty much never have I heard them be like, "Yeah, I would try that," or yeah. I, "I could, I could, I could be interested in that." You know, so um, what what got you yeah. into that?
1: For me, um, and let me just say that my my the jury for me is still out on, like, I could see myself in the future trying again or whatnot um, in terms of, like, does monogamy work? Do open relationships work? I Yeah, the jury's out. I'm not, I don't have a decisive answer on that. But um, for me, it was started because um, I had moved to L.A. and my partner was staying in San Francisco. So we were going to be doing this, you know, two-city thing, and we'd been together for two years, and I was in a place where, like, here I am, I'm moving to L.A., I'm starting this whole new leg of my life, and I really had this itch in me to just be open to everything. I just felt like it was really important to me on every level to open myself up to experiences. And at the same time, um, I was doing central massage, and my partner knew, and, um, and at the same time, I was, uh, I was sort of writing this this book or this story um, around my experience with sensual massage, and I was interviewing my clients, and most of them are married, and so with my experience with sensual massage, I really was questioning monogamy hardcore because here are all these married men who are just lining up at my door, you know, and I would ask them, why, why are you coming, why, you know, all, like just sort of getting into their psychology, like, because here, you know, the guy I was with wanted to get married and whatnot, so I'm like,
2: uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many scary signs
1: outside my door. Um, so, and also as a practitioner, like I, I did develop good friendships with my clients and um, and even started a couple love affairs once we did open the relationship up, and I felt very, I felt like it was theoretically, and I felt it was possible inside of me to be able to stay connected and in love with my partner, but yet still have these really lovely connected experiences with other people. I like to call them dalliances. Yeah, right, <laughs> and not just like a just like a booty call thing where you just you know don't know the person that's it but like you know genuine connections with just I say lovers yeah people I don't want to have like a uh, I don't want to like you don't want to marry life with them yeah. but they're lovely people and um
2: you learn from them or they're yeah. interesting
1: so just through my experiences I, I just felt like I'm like wow I don't I don't know about this whole just one person for you and that's it like why I just felt like it was possible so I wanted to try it so I went to my partner and proposed it he didn't really take it very well
0: so what happened when you proposed it to him?
1: Um he didn't take it that well. He um
2: <laughs> he was very
1: he, well he, no, I shouldn't say that. Um he he was very nervous about what would happen to us and and um and yeah, like he he, he yeah, like what well, why do we have a relation? Why do we even have a relationship then? Like he didn't understand why even still be considered, consider ourselves a couple, you know? And so it was hard for me to try to explain to him again, he's Italian, totally different culture. Yeah. Um, but you felt like the intimacy is different. Yeah, I did. I thought I'm, I, so I tried to explain to him, I'm like, well, I don't want uh, to build something with these guys. I want to build something with you. Um, and so there's a certain degree of intimacy
2: there with you that I, that I want I think commitment as well. Right. There's something about you are actually mentally committed to this person. Right. Even though my body is not like,
1: yeah, solely committed to you, my heart is, and my intention is, and what I want to do with my life with you is. Um, right. So that it was hard for him to tease that all apart. Um. So, but he bless his sweet soul. He um. Gave it a go. He did give it a go because he, he saw that it was important to me and we are living in different cities. And I think a part of him was genuinely curious. Like, come on, your girl comes to you and is like, hey, let's have an over-relationship. And
2: <laughs> Yeah.
1: And, you know, and I'm also not there all the time to to satisfy
2: his uh, urges. I think that's part of it too, by the way. It's like you'll meet people out and you're like, oh, this could be fun. And instead of having to say, oh, I'm in this dynamic and yeah. there's someone you know across the ocean, so no. uh, which can be really hard and can also feel isolating and um, you know I think a lot of people'll i say this people obviously fear that you'll fall in love with another person, um, I do you think that is a legitimate concern well, that's what I was going to get at, which is now being a seasoned veteran, <laughs> uh, what happens, you become familiar actually with what you would call like the infatuation phase or this sort of like love right. addiction that happens at the beginning. And you do get really excited about the person and they do inspire you and you're like,
1: oh. But you also learn to recognize it for what it is.
2: Yeah, you know? it's it's not forever and it's not the main defining thing about the relationship. So again, it's, it's, it is it's sort of these different layers. It's like they that person, Sometimes maybe you have the potential to be committed to them and have like a deeper relationship, but you're making that. Yeah, the lover. I'm saying, but you make that choice. You're deciding, right. and and I find that most of the ones that I encountered, I I had a great time with them, but they were not. Uh, I didn't need to commit to them. I didn't. I you didn't. Right. But to were my they, they were. these yeah. were
0: relationships. They were relationships. Yeah. Yeah. In the sense that, that I'm recurring, with, but you would have Right. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah, sorry, I keep like I'm like cutting off your sentence. <laughs> uh, yes, recurring lovers, right? Like they weren't. Uh, it wasn't just, oh, I'm at the club and I met some guy. It's not um, like five
1: a.m. Like, hey, where you at?
2: Or it might have started as <laughs> <is> that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then it turns into like a beautiful friendship, and and yes, yeah. someone you see regularly.
2: Um, yeah. And, well, so,
1: so can I? But can I just share yeah. that? Um, the, the the in fact, I think what happens is for someone who doesn't have any experience in this is that when you meet somebody new and you do go into this infatuation zone where it like, I think traditionally people would be like, Oh my God, I'm so in love with this person. You come to re- like, that's what you come to realize. It's like, no, that's not love. Right. And so, um, so I think it just takes a little bit of wisdom and patience to just, um, allow that excitement to be there, but not take it as this meaningful thing that means that or a oh, symbol because and, yeah. yeah, like because I have this much excitement about this new person, that means that I'm not supposed to be with my partner, right? Or
2: invalidate they're... your, it doesn't invalidate your love and commitment to the other person, right? That said, there are times where meeting someone new can be a signal that maybe you're not in a healthy relationship or there's a dynamic that does need to change. And that's why you found this other person. Yes. That can also, see complicated I, it <laughs> It's very complicated, but it I think does. the point is that you have to actually explore it. You have to take it case by case. It's yes. not, you know, it's and not I, simple.
1: And I do. And I say this to everybody I talk to about it, but I, I do think that it takes a very, very self-aware people to be, to try this kind of dynamic. And what I mean by that is people on both end, both partners who are, all parties who are willing to really um, look honestly at themselves and what's missing for them, what they
2: need. Um, and, and also, well, look, I think for me, I'm like, sometimes they're blind spots. You don't always know. Yeah. I think there's something to committing to showing up to the table to have the conversation. Exactly. And I think if you have that commitment and agreement with each other, it's not like, Oh, you crossed a line. We're done. Right. You kind of banish that. Right. That's no longer how it works. Uh, You're kind of on a new, like a a higher level of like, you know, we have to talk about it. You're upset about something or something's bothering you. What, what is it? What's that detail? Which means you
1: have to be willing to hear shit about yourself from
2: your partner perhaps, or you know what I mean? There has to be an openness. Or truth about their attraction to someone else that maybe makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's interesting is with my long-term partner, things came out for him where he was like, oh, it's kind of a turn on that you're, like, with that guy, or, like, imagining him with you, or, you know, and that was sort of a fun thing for us to realize that he had never explored either. It um, was turn turned on
1: for me, too, to think about my partner or someone else. It also, like, stabbed me in the heart a little bit, but it was, like, <laughs> it was did. Just, yeah, but, I, I had to get over it. I mean, that's jealousy, and jealousy is something you can get over. Oh. Totally. I'm Scorpio. I'm, like, naturally, natively super psycho jealous, right? Yeah. But when I was 26... I remember the day I I hated being jealous and I'm like this is ridiculous I don't want to be jealous anymore and so I I committed to figure out what the hell it was and it was all rooted in security yeah so anyway but so jealousy definitely I, I it still exists I, and there are couples that we've talked to who are in open relationships um, high functioning ones. Right, right, and uh, they still uh, experience jealousy, too, from time to time.
2: Well, and I think it's checking in with that. That's the point, is having that conversation.
0: So where does that come Um, from? You say it comes from insecurity, but what does that mean exactly?
2: for Um, For me,
1: I feel like jealousy, yeah, it was when I really, when I kept questioning myself as to where that was coming from and followed the little breadcrumb trail to this, I feel like every problem has this golden nugget at the core of it. Um, and so when I followed it down, yeah, jealousy was rooted in a fear that someone else was better than me mm. and, um, and coupled with the same thing off the side of the coin is that I'm not good enough. So these are core human fears. fears. Yeah. But, um, and so that's why it's sort of this great, beautiful challenge to be faced with jealousy because you have an opportunity to face that fear inside yourself that you're not enough and that this person is better than you.
0: So when you, so when you come to that point, when you fix that or you have a good handle on that and you know, and you believe in yourself to say that I am good enough and you know, I am awesome. That's Mm -hmm. when the jealousy starts to dissipate. Um,
1: yes, yes. And also, um, yeah. Yes. I'm going to a strengthen that. And then also like uh, um, and also it it's also a being able to I want to say it almost feels like this inclusive thing, like instead of being like if, if my partner is having sex with another girl, instead of like excluding her and comparing myself to her and like, you know, getting all spiteful and jealous about it, which feels like it's very like me versus her. I instead um, take a deep breath. There's a lot of breathing for me <laughs> involved in this. <laughs> and, um, and I recenter myself and say these things to myself to help me feel more at ease. And then I actually do an exercise where like, I, I try to incorporate her. So instead of making it a me versus her thing, I, I instead think about, well, my partner's awesome. And he picked this girl. And I'm sure she's totally awesome. And she is also giving my partner something that he needs and finds interesting and and is enjoying. And so I'm grateful for her to give him this experience.
2: I was going to say, uh, yeah, appreciating the qualities that they bring. I mean, the same way you go to to a party, honestly, and meet cool people and enjoy talking with them. And again, they're maybe not your long-term going home with them forever. But you're like, wow, cool, let's hang out. That'd be fun right. to go do whatever for the weekend.
1: Totally. So I think the more experiences you're able to have like this, you know, and it's it's like a, I mean, it's not just going to happen immediately. It's a process, right? But the, the more experiences you have and the more able you are to breathe through the jealousy and do these things to help you see it from a different side, um, I feel like that's, that's where this transformation starts happening. Yeah,
2: also there are books that I read while going through the process. My partner and I read them together. It helps, it does help. I think it gives you a little bit of like a mooring while you're going into the dark, you know, or it's like a flashlight in the dark (laughs) uh, so that you are less afraid or you kind of have, it's like, you know, they'll give you almost like a guidebook of questions you should consider before you you know, start doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have some rules? That said, I feel like generally the rules get broken inevitably. And then someone, you know, depending on how persnickety you are, you're like, you didn't call at 11 and you said you were going to call at 11 because that's the rule. And that's how, and I think knowing that we have a framework of rules and we want it to work, you know, we're going to follow them as best we can, but I think some leniency and that's where coming to the table to talk about it is important uh, to be able to say, okay, that hurt me. You didn't follow the rule or whatever. Um, And I say that because I think there's an expectation of like, well, we set up the framework and you broke it. And I feel like that happened to me a little bit in my open dynamic, uh, and and that felt unfair. Um, so the
0: rules are very important.
2: Yeah, yeah. But okay, I think so I'm I'm but saying
1: also being that, open to renegotiate them and
2: yeah, and right. discuss why why maybe a rule got bent and what is right. it is it still working? So okay, maybe the way we thought it would work doesn't, and we have to readjust, right?
1: Because it's totally new territory. You're in a new frontier, so you're not going to know what rules are going to work. So you just have to like throw yeah, them out yeah, there I and make that. them
2: and then try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like building a company. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, when you approach it that way, you're able to kind of digest it rather than just saying, well, I was told that, you know, you meet someone that you love and you commit and then you get married and you never, ever have a roving eye again. And that's it. You know, and then you're like, why do I have a roaming eye, you know, and you want to kill yourself or you think you're a bad person or, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, well, it's just, it's complicated. Um, can I share a little bit of my, my journey? I am, um, I ended up in an open dynamic for the first time when I, I had had, I had one boyfriend that last, like was a year, a year long relationship in college. And then after that, I ended up in a long-term relationship. And I think I, and I thought, I felt like this was someone I was going to be committed to forever. Um, and even now we're, we are no longer in a committed relationship but we have a friendship and, and stay in touch. But, uh, I, I think I always had a little bit of a, a curiosity about an open dynamic. And I also sort of feared this idea of forever Mm -hmm. that I could possibly never, you know, experience sexual intrigue with someone else again, or or the thrill of it, or the pleasure of flirting, like all these things that are very important to me I mean if I'm honest about my personality I'm definitely carefree I'm definitely very flirty uh, you know yeah like it, it gives me a lot of energy and vivacity so to lose that is, is hard. Um, I, I don't feel like myself if I don't have that. Um, so so early on I was actually sort of nervous to talk to him about it and I had a lot of shame around it and there was a, a young woman in my acting class who mentioned casually that she was in an open dynamic. Uh, with a man that she was married to. And I was like, really? <laughs> Does
1: <laughs> and I was like, exist?
2: Yeah, I was like, could we go to coffee, you know, get coffee and, and talk about it? Uh, and then she just said, well, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, I'm pretty busy. Like, here, read The Ethical Slut. <laughs> and so I bought the book and I hid it from my partner originally and I was embarrassed and, uh, and I read the book and then um, my partner started traveling a lot for work. And then someone reached out to me on, you know, on Facebook and wanted to have coffee. And then we had coffee. And then I was like, and he clearly expressed, you know, romantic interest. And, uh, and so then I was like, Oh God, Oh, what do I do? Uh, and I ended up, um, you know, I, I was, I actually, okay. If ball's to the wall, honest, I basically, my boyfriend was out of town and I was like, okay, he's coming back the next day when he's back. I will talk to him about this person that I met where I hadn't crossed a line yet, but we had been talking about the potential of it. And, um, and that night literally he'd arrived and I was like, okay, I'll tell him in the morning, my boyfriend. And he went through my phone and he was like, who's this guy you're talking to? And I was like, well, nothing happened, and I was going to talk to you about it. But basically, I have this whole thing in my head about an open relationship, and I've been afraid to talk to you about it. <laughs> but here's the book. <laughs> and I read it, it. Yeah, and it you know, cracked wide open, and we had this very intense conversation. And he's like, are you trying to break up with me, but you're afraid to? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I genuinely love you, want to be with you, would like the freedom to you know, experiment with someone who understands I'm in a committed relationship you know, but is open to whatever, playing with me or hanging out and sort of, you know, and it was someone who was very interesting to me and, and I did feel kind of just learn from him creatively. Oh, hello. Can there. you hear?
0: Yep. All oh, good. you guys can hear me? Yep. I can't. Loud no. and clear. I can't.
2: Oh, you, you oh, okay, cut sorry. out. We're, you we were like, we out. lost trip. I'm here. Oh, I was just in the moment. I was vibing. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry. So back to, where was I? Oh. you came home. No, no, well, oh, that I so I was learning creatively from this person, and I felt this great uh, pleasure in spending time with this other party who, you know, and I kind of relegated it to specifically when my boyfriend's out of town. Um, and And with my How boyfriend's think- knowledge, uh, it was bumpy, but he finally was like, yeah, let's try it. I get it. I understand where you're coming from." I had, I I felt at the time, like a lot of physical need and desire and to not be touched for like long periods of time. I was sort of getting weird in my brain. Like I would be out with friends and I'd be like, I felt like I was leering at men. Like I felt this intense, like, it was a problem it because was, your I boyfriend was, like,
0: was out of town so much
2: for work. Yeah, or, okay. and I was like, I'm about to like. She's a neglected woman. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna like do. I'm gonna sexually harass a guy in a bar. I'm gonna like grab his ass, you know. And it's like, oh, this is probably how people get to this point. <laughs> like they, who knows how long they haven't been touched for, you know. I, wow. I found that my boyfriend would come back when he'd come back from being a tenant, He'd hug me, and I'd almost sort of flinch because it. I mean, I'm making it sound like it was like months, but this is the point. It wasn't. It'd be like two weeks, maybe a month, you know, or like two or three weeks. But it was like, that was enough to be like, you know, I went from having this monogamous cocoon to like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And it was, it was really turbulent. I mean, I think sometimes age and maturity has plays into that too. Like I think I'm less vulnerable than I was Mm
0: -hmm. at the time, but,
2: uh, I'm 30 and I'm, I'm 33.
0: Okay. So early thirties. Got it.
2: Yeah. So the open thing started probably when I was 25 Okay. Was 20, 29.
1: Would, would
0: you guys do that now? Would you get into an open relationship now if it just kind so of I, happened? I actually met two right?
2: guys. Yeah, yes, for me. <laughs> I met two guys where I thought, I would love to date both of you. <laughs> yeah, um
1: for me, yeah, I you know, because I feel I do feel like I've I've entered into this to this zone of um really deepening love, I guess. And uh, yeah, just deepening in general in life with everything. And so I do feel at this point, I would want a more one on one focus dynamic. Um, However, I am very aware that that may change. Like if, if, for example, I found someone that I wanted a one on one thing with maybe, you know, a couple years down the road, five years down the road, I, I feel like I understand enough about sexuality and psychology that that can totally change like I feel like there's this incubation period with relationships where you it's like it is one-on-one and you build and you build and you build and then once your house is stable then the energy shifts and you have more energy but you're not you're not spending as much energy building the house energy is spent doing other things together um so I don't know so so down the road maybe that would be different but right now right now I would want um I would want like a, oh, one. a committed
0: yeah. one-on-one thing. What about yeah. a polyamorous relationship where it's like you and and a girl and a guy all together?
1: Not, I wouldn't say no to anything.
2: Not, you know what I mean?
1: Like I could like – anything is possible if I, if, you, if I met the right people,
2: you know? Yeah. You know what's funny is it is interesting that in both cases – like I have to admit in my open dynamic, I was primarily um, – the one exercising, the yeah. I had yeah. lovers, and he my, was busy working. You're yeah, like, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, he had a very taxing, yeah, he did, yeah, job at the time, and um, and that, I and mean, he did have some a couple of experiences, but I was definitely, I think more, I think my nature is more adventuresome and curious and enjoys that kind of enjoys sexual so conversation. So could you
1: do, a polyamorous
2: thing? Well, I, I'm laughing because it seems like I'm, like I just said, there were two guys where I thought, oh, cool, I'd love to do that right <laughs> now. And I'm, and I'm the, you know, I'm kind of enjoying dating both of them. Uh, so I haven't had a man approach me and say, hey, I want to date you and this other woman. Um, actually, well, recently a woman approached me actually about her and her partner to be the unicorn. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, and I I was like, yeah, kind of what you're saying, I was like, well, I feel like you only live once. So to say (laughs) no is to like block out this thing and they are very like (laughs) sexually adept (laughs) and I totally have fear around it. Like I've never done that. I've never been... I've never stepped into a relationship and I've also um, had such little experiences with women, which I've said, uh, you know, so I was like, all right, all right, maybe, I mean, all right.
1: I've had fantasies of, I- I've always thought about it actually. I think I'm probably, and maybe a good candidate for this with a, like two <laughs> women, like me, another woman and a guy, because I, I've, I've, I don't know why I have fantasized about this, not sexually, but like envisioned this, but, but it's very natural for me where I'll be thinking about a best friend, of, girlfriend of mine who, it's just an amazing woman, but she's really vulnerable or in a specific place in life, and she just needs love, and she doesn't have a partner. And I'm like, oh, she can have mine. Like the, my initial, my wow. immediate reaction is to share my wonderful partner with her. Wow. Yeah, and I've noticed that happen like a few times, and I'm like, good lord, Stephanie, what is that?
2: <laughs>
0: Interesting.
2: But I wonder if that's a native natural instinct Like I'm just not walking. Right. right. Like I, I'm more and more think about the way like community.
1: It's communal. So I think if it was a best friend of mine, I think I would have no problem at all.
2: Trip, actually. I just want – trip. I want to check in that we haven't alienated our listeners. Are we like so left field? Like <laughs> no, no, no.
0: This is – no. We're, we're, <laughs> listen, we're right on track. This is, this is entertaining. <laughs> it's informational. Again, I really think that this episode – is about hearing the female's point of view in terms of open relationships and and just this kind of natural back and forth chit chat on it is is pretty eye opening it's eye opening to me like i'm i'm i am very can i just curious and interested in terms of what you guys are saying on this
2: can i say i this came up my long term partner i think at times questioned if I felt like he wasn't good enough sexually like sure, oh you're seeking yeah. these other partners because somehow they I'm not sexually right, right that's, a, they're that, like,
0: that, that, that's a big thing yeah
2: sure right like and I'm totally sympathetic to why someone would have that fear But that's not the case it wasn't the case, not the case. it really wasn't and I think what's interesting is yes I'm having interesting new different experiences over here in right field but I'm I've always loved having sex with my partner, always loved connecting with him and, you know, and did have a very rich sex life. Yeah. With him. I think so,
1: I, I would venture to say that for most women, I don't think it's about the actual sex. It's not like, oh, you're not doing this or you're not good enough in bed. So I'm going to go find out. I think that's more a male perspective.
2: Maybe. Well, unless unless you're having, I mean, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But I, then I go, it's well, we, we have our show where, you know, we want people to write in and ask questions. I mean, I think some people don't have a lot of, sexual knowledge. And that's something that you can gain. Right. Anyone can totally, totally. I'm just saying that, I, that um, yeah, my yeah, right. it wasn't, anyway, I didn't, I didn't not, venture out because I wasn't satisfied at home. It yeah, wasn't like, I. you don't make me come. I'm going to find a man. I, you know, I can get off with. Yeah. It's not out of a lack. It was just, a
1: um, curiosity, a curiosity and, a, and not wanting to hinder my own development. It's right. like, well, yeah. So, and I, and I have, and I do, I carry this perspective now. And in fact, um, Uh, I do like what I was dating somebody recently and I told him in the beginning, I said, look, I, you know, I don't want to put a stop on your life and how it rolls out for you. And I don't feel like my, my, um, role as a partner is to do that. So I don't ever want to put limitations on someone. So I said, so if there's ever needs, like if you are super sexual and you do find that you need more partners or that's what you want. Just communicate with me because I don't, I don't feel like it's my place to say, no, you can't do that because of this belief I have or this fear I have or this insecurity I have. I don't, I feel like that's very selfish. So I feel, so I always endeavor to try to give my partner the freedom. I
2: think a lot of relation. I think a lot of people don't, I mean, all like, I feel like I even came from a place of fear where I was operating in a relationship where I didn't uh, push myself to have those open conversations. And, and I think a lot of us are operating from that idea of like, well, by drawing this boundary, that's how you prove you love me. Right. And it's like, you know, life is long. I mean, it goes by fast too. It's kind of both. And so, you know, to contain yourself and not get to have an experience out of perceived loyalty.
1: Yeah. You know, is that
2: fair to each other? And
1: how often do you hear people say like, like, I mean, it's the classic thing when you have when there's an affair going on. It's like it doesn't mean anything. I love you, you know. It's <laughs>
2: yeah, and you're like liar. Pull out the shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> I but, think I
1: think
0: that everything I'm hearing here too, everything like the the through line here is is about communication. You know, I feel like everything I've heard so far is like, you know, if it's something you want and want to try or are interested in you know, maturely, respectfully communicate with your partner or someone that you're dating or having sex with what you want and your interests and what it's all about for you and and just being very raw and honest. And if you can do that, you know, hopefully you're with someone who uh, can respect that, you know. Yeah. I feel like you guys did with with all of your uh, different situations that was just communicate very open and honest.
2: Yeah. I mean, that really is the heart of it. Well, we just had a conversation with the comedian Leah Knauer and she was talking about kind of her, that she's much more reserved and like she doesn't want to have sort of flings or, you know, she really wants to find love and find that more monogamous dynamic. And, um, and her frustration, of course, that like, in a way we're like leaning towards this like Tinder environment. Uh, and I, I think for me, I loved that she was so clear on what she wanted. And I was like, great, so you will find a partner that also wants that because that's what you're asking for. Because you know what you want.
1: And right, rather than...
2: As to masking or trying to pretend that you... Yeah, to hang on someone. Or, yeah, know. to hang on to someone. And, and it's like, well, if you clearly don't want the same things. I had this really great dynamic. I was dating a guy for... Probably didn't, going on to seven months, and um, and I feel like he was almost more ready to have a family, settle down, and I I had a couple of like sticking points that were frustrating me in our relationship, and I felt like if those were fixed, I'd be, be okay to commit, and um and at some point it didn't take me long to realize it, but we were we were having we had kind of broken up and we got back together, and then I was sort of repeating myself. I was like something came up again, and I was saying it, and it was in the morning, and he was like getting ready for work, and he's like comes out of the closet and he goes. He goes, you're telling me that I'm not giving you what you need. He's like, so, so if I can't, if I can't give you what you need, then you should accept that or something like, you know, something like this. And I, and I was like, yeah, (laughs) does this mean we're breaking up? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, and it wasn't aggressive. Like I almost said it more aggressively than he did. He, it was like this, it was like, it sounds like I'm not giving you what you need. (laughs) And I went, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Okay. And then I had to like process it. But instead of trying to make myself make this relationship work for another three months, another six months, like, or whatever it would be, because some things worked, it clicked. And I was like, you're right. I don't need to push this anymore. I think you're an amazing person. And and I need to go out and find what I'm actually looking for.
0: There you go. He just did it for you.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. So kudos to him for, you know, being a great communicator. Right. Um, Right. But yeah. you know, in theory, I could have pushed back and said, "No, no, that's not what I meant," you know, and, and compensated. But I, I didn't. I actually listened to what I'd been saying. I thought about what I'd said, and I was like, "Yeah, that does sound like things that you're not prepared to give." And um, yeah, self awareness, just knowing what you want. Right, and and also feeling kind of what we've been talking about, um, which is, I don't, not confident, but yes, confident, but um, also. Assertive. Yeah, like, a, but not a sort of, what was it? You used a word. I did. Stuff, yeah. I, that that <laughs> was like, I think, oh, you mentioned it, Trip also. Like, competence is competence made by... Competence equals yeah.
0: confidence. Confidence.
2: Right. Confidence, confidence then,
0: comes from competence.
2: Yeah, and, and I think I'm bringing that up because I think confidence in my own competence <laughs> allowed me to see that I could walk away from it. It wasn't like, I didn't need this. You know what I mean? Like, like it was a relationship that was really beautiful in itself, but it wasn't uh, the end of the road. And it was like, oh, okay, I'm not getting what I need, and I am entitled to get what I need as an individual and what I want, right? I mean, that's this is the journey that we're on, so let me seek it.
0: Right. There's. uh, (laughs) This is it. This is you know. I mean, in terms of what depends on what you believe in, but as far as I'm concerned, this is kind of all we have. This is the life we have, and and you know, life's too short you got to do what you want, you know, and and figure and figure that out and and enjoy in the in the process, you know. So I
2: mm-hmm.
0: think we're we're kind of coming to a close here. We're yeah. almost about um wrapping up on time, but I I just want to say that this to me and I always say this after an end of an awesome interview, to me it was eye-opening and to me it was it was just really cool to hear all this stuff. And when I feel that, I know for a fact that the guy who's still listening right now is is (laughs) definitely feeling that too. Because I've been doing this for you know over five years now, and I've just heard and read so much stuff. So when something new kind of hits me, it means that it was a it was a great thing. So I guess, uh, long story short, this was a really great time speaking to both you ladies in a very um, open and honest format to hear about what it's like. To start and end and be in some sort of open relationship, and of course, I know we only just kind of scratched the surface here. But I know
2: but, I'll but, write a book. But I, I'm <laughs> glad
0: that uh, we were able to do this, and for you guys still listening, check them out. They're smart, they're funny, they're sexual. It's great. TNA <laughs> talk sex. Check it out. It's on iTunes. Are you guys on Stitcher too?
1: We
2: are. We are. Nah,
0: smart ladies. See, I told you they were smart. Or on Stitcher, so check them out. Thank you so much for coming on, and I'm excited to to go on your show in a couple weeks. So that would be yeah. that would yeah. be very fun too, and uh, and hopefully we'll we'll get you back on and we can continue some stuff. But I don't want to just kind of abruptly end this. Is there anything else you ladies would like to say in in conclusion, or any thoughts that you had before we wrap up?
1: Um, I would say. I would say I would say if you're looking to go into an open relationship, maybe sit down with yourself and and dig a
2: little and ask yourself why, like what's really motivating you. Mm, good point. Yeah. Uh, on a more like logisticals, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. note that we're also on SoundCloud, <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> and uh, and we do an end of the month advice episode now, which is advice at ta talk sex. So if anyone's really grappling with an open relationship issue, we're we're happy to you know what I mean. Give our two cents. Yeah share if we can, you know, if we can enlighten on any complications. <laughs> Cause I think it can get really scary when you're when you're doing something new. Yeah. Awesome. And thanks for having us, Trip. Yeah it was so, wow. It was so much fun.
0: Yeah, it yeah. was it was definitely a blast. So guys, T and A Talk Sex Podcast. Google it, look it up, check it out, listen to them. Ladies, thanks again. And we will thanks. talk soon.
2: All right. Ciao. Don't
0: forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at (laughs) tripadvice.com.